0: Welcome to Detour to Neverland, your guide to living your best Disney life through your hobby or business. Here's your hosts, Brendan and Catherine.
1: Welcome back to Detour to Neverland. One of the most special and important things in the Disney community is the collaboration efforts that can take place of different people who share similar passions all around Disney. So this was a very um, spontaneous and great thing that we were able to connect with Brady and Annie over at the Never Growing Up podcast. We love their podcast, love listening to it. So this is going to be part one of two episodes. So we're going to do some crossovers. So Brady and Annie right now are going to be in the hot seat where we're interviewing them, and then we'll switch roles over on the Never Growing Up podcast. So Annie and Brady, without further ado, thank you guys so much for joining us on our podcast We appreciate you taking the time to chat with us. If you could go ahead and introduce yourself individually, and then if one of you can introduce Never Growing Up podcast, kind of the general
2: theme of what you guys do over there.
3: Sounds good.
2: Yeah, well, you know, A is the first in the alphabet, so why don't you go ahead and go first?
3: (laughs) Aw, thanks. Um, Hi, everybody. I'm Annie Setting. Um, I'm also on uh, Instagram as at WDW Collective. Um, I have been going to Disney since I was about two years old, um, so it is a live stream, I guess, to be able to talk to everyone on a weekly basis and have you guys hear my voice and my ridiculous laugh that that is just so loud and ruins all of our levels on all of the podcast. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, well, uh, my name is Brady. You know, Brady Cam on Instagram, and you know I've. I grew up in in California, and I was able to go to Disneyland a lot growing up, and then I took like a little bit of a hiatus when I lived up in Ohio, but uh, as soon as I moved to Florida, I started going to Disney World, and it's kind of just opened like this floodgate of dreams and desires and like imagination, and I think that's the best part about having the Instagram and everything is that you can just put what you want on there, and people from all over the world, especially, you know, all over the world, have uh, had the same kind of likes and interests as you, but you're like kind of doing it from your perspective and then everybody else kind of like agrees with it. And it's really cool just to get that positive feedback from that. So that's why I kind of like dove into that.
0: Yeah, I love that, and I love that, you know, I knew you were living in Florida right now from listening to your podcast, but I didn't know that you grew up in California, so mm-hmm. you're like one of the first people that we've talked to who really have like a background kind of history with Disneyland instead of Disney World, so that's cool.
2: Yeah, it's definitely, um, a, a lot of people was like, oh, what's your favorite? And like, it, it, they're, yes, they're both Disney, but they're both very different. Even though they have some of the same rides, even those rides are built a little different. You know, Pirates of the Caribbean and one park has two drops and only one on the other. You know, that's and true. There's just little differences that kind of make each one very special, and it's just really cool to have memories of both.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, we've been since we just got back from Disneyland in October. We've been asked that a couple times of which one's your favorite. And you just can't answer that question. No,
0: you can't pick. Uh-uh. It,
1: it's a it, they're completely different experiences. But I can say from our perspective. So I listened to Never Growing Up podcast probably right when you guys first dropped, and um, then once we started this collaboration effort and decided that we were going to record some episodes, Catherine and I actually listened to some. Um, when we were driving around this past week or so. Uh, We've really enjoyed it so far. I will give a disclaimer. So you guys advertise it as adults traveling to the parks without kids. We don't have kids either, but I definitely would suggest it's for any adult, either with kids or without kids, because you can always find a babysitter or leave them behind or whatever. So it's been really fun for us to listen along.
3: That's so kind. Thank you. Yeah,
2: thanks. It's, yeah, you know, it's, Yeah.
3: (laughs) Well, we'll take any compliment you'll give
2: us. <laughs> right. I'm like keep going. Yeah. <laughs> so, I think
1: that's serves as a pretty good segue and you've spoken on it a little bit, but I want to hear a little bit uh, more in depth. What is your Disney story? Um, you know, you both mentioned that you went growing up, but how has that evolved over time and ultimately developed into this passion where you're you're creating this Disney-centered content?
3: Um, well, I can go first. Um, (laughs) here's my first child syndrome. Um, so I, like I said before, I've, I've been going since, since I was a child and, um, my grandmother, uh, lived very close to Orlando. So when we would visit my grandma, we would always go to Disney world. Um, so obviously I grew up going there. Um, but, and I started, as I got older, I started going much more regularly. So when, when I went as a child, maybe once a year, maybe once every other year, but then as I grew up and had my own money and didn't have to, like, ask my parents to take me there anymore, um, I had I was able to um, really create a lot of content. And so as I grew up, it was also, like, the growing up of social media. So, you know, with Facebook and then Instagram, what, I, what have you. And I started posting a lot. And... A lot of my friends found that wildly annoying and um, I was like, I always thought about, I always toyed with the idea of doing something that was just kind of mainly Disney and this past summer um, I was on vacation with a couple friends and they were like, why don't you just do it? Like just, just you know, create your own account and, and what have you and this was this past July um, and since then um, it's really grown. I think I have about like 3,500 followers now on my WDW Collective account, which is awesome. Um, and it's just, it's a totally different community that I think, like I had an idea of what it would be, but it's 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 almost a feeling of kind of being like among your own people, like kind of finding your your crowd, your your you know your people, and so it's it's so great to interact with all of the different um, accounts that are that are on and, and creating connections and and just um, especially what, now that we've kind of entered into the podcasting world and i've noticed this too from the podcasting world like kind of just in the general like pop culture area like pop um podcasting is is very non-competition based like everyone's very friendly and always trying to help each other out um as opposed to like more of the outside into the entertainment world and that was kind of something that i really wanted to get into because it seemed like a much more um friendly environment and so far that is the case and i mean it's look at right here it's just led us to this really great opportunity so we're so glad to join you guys
2: I gotta, I mean, a lot of that for me even is kind of the same, you know, it all starts by making your own money and no longer having to ask permission to go on vacations, you know, cause like it's, I mean, if you put the money away, you get to go. And I've always, I guess I've always kind of been a content creator. Like I loved theater. I'm always trying to be the center of attention and, um, so going to the parks and being able to take the pictures that I want and, you know, I I often go alone, so I don't have to walk around with somebody and like make sure they're entertained. I can just take the pictures I want, do the content I want. And back when YouTube kind of first started, I had a friend in high school that we kind of made videos all the time on and put them on YouTube and they got a lot of, of views, but we didn't know what that meant. You know, when we got an email from YouTube asking if we wanted to be partners way back in the day we're like what is this spam I'm only 17 you know like we had no idea what that could have been and now it's like I guess I'm kind of trying to chase that that dream you know like that's something I could have done and now I should I have the money and the time that I can put away to do that to kind of you know rededicate myself to that kind of spot so like I've completely in this new house that we moved into, I just completely made a whole room into my social media room. I got my laptop on one side. I got my lights for my you know YouTube channel on the other side. Uh, I will I will put up sounding boards. I promise I will. Right now it's still <laughs> an even more makeshift cave of wonders. But it's just I don't know. It's always so much. Fun. It's like sharing the magic with other people in A bunch of different ways. And like you said, uh, Annie, like with the podcasting, it's not like, oh, this person's got the best content, that person's got better content, that person has the best microphone, that person has the best sound studio. It's like you just get to come on, talk to people, talk to your friend and, you know, create stuff.
0: So, you know, you guys are both obviously very successful in kind of doing your own Thing and creating your own content so then you know over time how did both of you meet and then decide to collaborate and create this podcast
2: well I gotta say um, we both kind of changed our personal Instagram into like a, a Disney themed Instagram around the same time around mm-hmm. June July ish of uh, 2018 and we met up in one of those follow loops and we kind of like just chatted the whole time and like just like you know we saw other people's contents and we're like oh this that's pretty cool did you see this person's content and it just kept leading to more like organic conversation like hey how was your afternoon Mm -hmm. and then like I said we all started doing these uh these follow loops and then we're like why don't we collaborate and be like co-leaders of a follow loop and then from that we had a bunch of people following that page and we're like and she and I are always talking Disney we're like why don't we do a podcast. I think it was like a mutual like, yeah, why haven't we already done that kind of thing?
3: <laughs> exactly.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's awesome. And I think
1: for us, and and you guys probably experience similar things, once you jump into kind of the Disney community, and you become a contributor, instead of just a consumer of Disney content, it really just amplifies that love for Disney. It's kind of day over day. I'm having conversations with all these other people about Disney What used to be it was just Catherine and I talking. You know, occasionally with family members and a few friends who kind of get the Disney, you know, the Disney magic, magic, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But I think, you know, that that's wonderful. And that's a great story of how you collaborated and and organically just kind of that friendship grew into creating this content. So once you decided that you were going to start the podcast, what did that process look like where you decided your theme, decided your format, decided on a name, just kind of from beginning to production what did that process look like?
3: Um, well, I, I've already, I've always kind of been very uh, forthcoming, and if you look at kind of my bio on on Instagram, it's I, I, I note myself as the uncommon Disney WDW traveler. And the reason why I say that is because um, my husband and I don't have children, um, and we don't plan to. So, but we're still really, really big, huge Disney fans. Actually, he didn't become a Disney fan until. I warped his mind and um took him to Disney I think like maybe 12 years ago. So um now he's like all on board but um that's kind of what what I um felt that that was kind of the same situation for for Brady and his husband. So I wanted to like kind of feel that out and cuz I feel like going to Disney without kids is still slightly taboo. <laughs> like p- people are always kind of weirded out, or at least this is my experience anyways. I don't know if anybody else has experienced this, but um, people are kind of weirded out that I go to Disney so much when I don't have children. They're like, well, why? And it's like, well, why wouldn't you want to feel like a kid? Like why wouldn't you want to just like let go of all of your worries and feel like you're home in this in this magical place and just let everything go? Like why wouldn't you want to do that? Whatever. So um, that's kind of, I, I kind of felt that kindred spirit in Brady. Um, and that's why we veered more towards that topic. Um, but we also say, and we say this a lot in our show, it's, it's not necessarily we're saying, like, you shouldn't have kids. Like, we're saying, you know, it's a totally different experience um, if you go without children. Like, I took, actually, I, this past two weeks ago, I took my mom, um, who's a Disney freak herself, and took her uh, for her retirement on a trip to Disney. Uh, and I think that was probably her, well, outside of just going with my dad, like the first trip going with me as an adult. Oh no, I take that back. We actually did a, a bachelor party for my sister there for during food and wine, which is a whole other story. Um, but <laughs> it's lying. just a very different situation <laughs> um, when you go with, without uh, kids. So we wanted to reach out. Cause I felt myself and I don't know Brady, if you felt this way, I felt sort of alone because everyone I knew that was going to, Disney was going with their children at my age. I'm 35 now. And um, I really just selfishly wanted to know that there were other people out there like me. And it seemed like Brady was that person. And I was so happy to have found him and, and have him in my life now and um, be able to put this together. And I feel like we've kind of naturally just, I just very quickly did some research, talked to some friends who do podcasting. I reached out to some other podcasts um, that are not even in the Disney community, just kind of like out there in the pop culture land and just kind of ask their opinion. And, um, and like I said before, the podcast community is very friendly and they're, they're willing to help each other out. It's not like a, a very cutthroat, at least in my experience so far, um, it hasn't been a very cutthroat type of situation. So I would just research and we would find things and we would collab on ideas. And I'd say, you know, here's a couple stories. What do you think about talking to them this week? You know, Brady's sending me sending me ideas and stories, and we put together our outline for the week, and then we pour a cocktail and start talking. Basically,
2: that's my favorite
1: part. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the best way to do it.
3: Oh, while actually while we were doing while I was just talking, my husband brought me another prosecco. So you know, collab- <laughs> mar- marriage, collaboration, right there. <laughs> yeah.
2: My husband's moving everything.
0: <laughs> so then you know after you kind of became I guess more immersed in the Disney community um I guess what are both of your favorite parts about being you know part of this community
2: my favorite part about being a part of this community is all of the questions like I feel like I'm not super great at a lot of things, you know, like I know, I know stuff, I'm not like completely dumb or anything. But like, when somebody asks me a Disney question, whether it's like a Disney trip, or just like some random knowledge kind of thing, I can answer it. And like, I'm going to depth about it. And I clearly get passionate about it. And then people want to keep asking me questions. And it's just like, I feel like I'm sharing it to You know, maybe somebody who's been on the fence of going by themselves or going with somebody uh, without kids or with kids. And I don't know. I just I really enjoy. I guess sharing, I guess, long, long, long answer short is sharing my passion uh, of Disney and Disney World and Disneyland with other people. And I think it's really just fun to do.
3: What about you, Annie? (laughs) Um, I mean, I, I I don't want it to be redundant, but I, I kind of agree, you know, it's it's I think probably like the best the best part. <laughs> this is a weird thing. It's just I think it, the best part is because I've been <laughs> made fun of so much um, from so many people as to why I bogged down social media with um, all of my Disney pictures because, you know, I would I go so often I, I go so often for living so far away, I should say that. Um, and it's nice to feel, um, part of a group and it's nice to feel part of people, like part of a group that really on like a really deep level, like understand your love for Disney and don't think it's just some weird childish thing that you, um, like, like some weird hobby that you're into. Like they really understand, they really understand you and there's something to be said, um, as a just as a person to feel like understood and feel like that you're part of a group. I think that's that's what's been the most meaningful for me since this has kind of all kind of come about.
0: Yeah, and I know. I mean, I love that because I think Brendan, when he first started the podcast, he talked a lot about that too, you know, on why he wanted to start the podcast and get involved. Mm-hmm. And obviously I'm speaking for him right now. But um, I think as wives, we do, kind of wives- align with that. Yeah. <laughs>
1: no yeah I absolutely love both of those answers and you know uh, the way that you put it Brady is I've never really thought of it that way but I get those same feelings that like my Mm sister-in-law asked me a question today about you know can the you know Disney bus bus take me from this place to this place it's like yes and just (laughs) like that little interaction you know it it really brings you joy and and -hmm. really you know helps you dive deeper into that so I love both of those answers so the last thing we're going to ask and then we'll head into our fast fast round more of on the strategy side because both of you have you know you've kind of found your place on Instagram and YouTube and and now in the podcasting world as well kind of what are some strategies that you use to be able to increase your exposure connect with a larger audience and just have deeper connections with members of the Disney community so Brady let's start with you
2: okay um i really pride myself on being real and honest. And because I know it's like a huge thing to have matching filters on every single one of your, pictures and look super cute and pretty in every single one of your pictures but that's not the reality of going to Disney in August like you're gonna go you're gonna start looking really good you're gonna have your hat on and it's gonna be cute but at the end of your day your hat is gonna be covered in sweat stains and you're probably gonna smell offensive you know I'm not like trying to be gross about it and like oh man check out these hat stains these pit stains but it's like when I'm taking a picture I also don't want people to think that like i go home take a 40 minute shower in between each spot in front of space mountain and splash mountain and i tried i tried getting a hashtag serving disnerd realness to catch on my um on my instagram page um and it's all just me posting so i think it's caught on <laughs> but yeah i try to be just as real and honest as i can so like if somebody's like hey are the lines bad in september i'm like not really people are going back to school but don't come in May because everybody's getting out of school. You know, like I don't know. I just try to be honest. That's just how we try to live. Yeah. What about you, Annie? Oh,
3: so it's my turn. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm so bad at like taking turns. Um, so I think um, my strategy has been um, interact e- engagement. I guess that's the key word, right? They always talk about with Instagram is engagement. Um, I've done a lot of, uh, research on like YouTube and, um, just for the interwebs themselves and just kind of understanding, you know, how you can beat this quote unquote algorithm, um, that's always against you. And it's like, how can I, um, you know, make myself more visible? Um, and I, I, and I, want to do it in a positive way. Um, there can be some controversial accounts out there who, um, really kind of try to, to pit one person against another. And, and, and I just, I'm like that guys, that's not Disney. Disney is magic and friendship and love and fairy dust. And I, I, I don't want to say I use it as an ex- escape because I guess this is technically my side hustle, but it, it really is. And it's something that gives me such great joy that I, I want to have positive engagement with, with other people. So whether it's just telling someone congratulations for, you know, reaching a thousand followers, or, asking them a question about the picture or just saying like, I really love like the highlighting you did on this picture. Like things like that, that I know I myself would appreciate someone noticing about me. Um, And I would much rather have that kind of engagement. And And just from, you know, what I'm reading is that, you know, engagement does, you know, make your accounts grow, but I want that engagement to be like really true engagement. Like I'm really looking at your, looking at your profile, looking at what you wrote in your, in your caption and being able to comment on that. I don't want it to sound like bot like or anything like that. I want, I want people to know that I am genuinely interested um, in what you're posting as I would hope you'd be generally, uh, genuinely interested in mine. Um, so that's really been my strategy going forward. I mean, I have a full-time job. Brady has a full-time job and, and thank you for your service, Brady. Brady's in our Air Force.
0: Dang. Um,
3: Dang. Yeah. Thank you. So um, we we both have full-time jobs, so it's not like something that we can uh, fully uh, fully commit to. I'm lucky because um, with my job, I work from home or I'm traveling. So I actually have a lot of access to social media. I'm not in an office where I'm being kind of like watched all day long. Um, So it's easy for me to kind of get back to people, but I can't commit like so much more. But I want whatever I am putting out there to be genuine and – for people to know that like, I really genuinely appreciate you putting this Disney content out there because in my experience, people did not appreciate like me putting (laughs) my Disney content out there. So I want people to know that it's appreciated.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, again, I love both of your answers uh, for different reasons. I think those are really great strategies and, and, you know, both of those are not kind of get success fast strategies. I would say, you know, they're, they're, Really being authentic, being positive and, and really engaging in, in, with people is the right way to do it. Because then once you do get those bigger numbers of followers, all those people are earned because they're actually genuinely interested in your content, not because of you know whatever else, what other, mm-hmm. other strategy that you could do. So I think both of those- And they're like friends. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly yeah. right. Thank you for putting that in better words.
0: <laughs> you can just go
3: on and on and on. But Yeah. <laughs> Well, from what yeah. I've been reading too, it seems like um, people are getting tired of the like very cultivated account where, you know, you have the preset filters and it's like these particular poses and people are looking for more real, genuine, authentic content. And I would say the growth that, I mean, maybe maybe I'm crazy, I don't know. Um, but I think the growth that I've had and the growth that Brady has had, like in our separate accounts, because... And, and our, our our content is very similar. It's not like super photoshopped and it's it's very just real like these are our trips and this is what's what we're encountering and whatever. And it's becoming more um, it's just a more authentic um, type of engagement. And it's not just so staged like we're not just trying to be um, like Instagram stars. We're, we're legitimately trying to share our love of what we do like with with everyone else.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. And I think that definitely shines through on the podcast as well. One thing that I'll share before we head into our fast pass around, I was actually reading um, the other day of someone and we won't, we don't need to name any names, but they were s- telling strategies for growing. And it was a Disney specific Instagram. And this person oh. said, don't share your personal stuff. And what? I was just like, Oh, yes, there's well, a line of books, things man. that you don't share." For- <laughs> <laughs> of course there's a line. Them. of <laughs> yeah, of course, there's a line of things that you don't necessarily need to share.
3: But, sure.
1: you know, in, in our short time on Instagram, we found that the more that we give people a glimpse into us and kind of our passion and our inspiration for putting this content out there, the better people connect with it. So, yeah. you know, and there's not a cookie cutter strategy either. Everybody's working against the algorithm. That's the number one enemy, <laughs> right. not other yes. accounts.
3: Right. He's a mean Like there's an account algorithm. out there, I think it's TX Disney, I want to say. I can't I think that's right then. But like they've also like not only they like they, I think they have actually a lot of followers, but they've also shared their um struggles with like fertility, but they've also somehow tied it to Disney, which is amazing to me. But like I find that so real and I find that something that would allow people to connect with you just outside just like, you know, very different things. So I totally, I totally agree with you on that.
2: Mm-hmm. Brady, what did you call the algorithm? Sorry. <laughs> uh, or the algorithm is the jerk. God, that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I completely agree. So I think we've covered some really great topics. I thank you guys so much for sharing your story, kind of sharing um, everything that got you up to this point. So the next thing we'll jump into our our fast pass round. Normally, these end up not being the fastest of rounds. But we love it. We love the kind of different tangents uh, that we get to go (laughs) up on that these questions lead to. So the first one's an easy one. Just name the Disney parks that you have visited. Disneyland and Disney World. That's all for me. Same. (laughs) And I know you you probably don't want to hear this question. (laughs) But if you have to pick one individual park to spend one day at, maybe we won't call it your favorite, just one day In one individual park, which one would it be?
3: So, like, which individual are you saying, like, Disneyland or Disney World or like Epcot, Animal Kingdom?
1: Yeah, like
2: Epcot, Animal Kingdom, Hollywood Studios, DCA, whatever it might be.
3: Epcot. Holla. I I
2: would have to say, I'd have to say Epcot too. And why? You get the best of both (laughs) worlds if you you listen to our podcast. Yeah. (laughs) I like a cocktail. Um, but you get the oh, best look, of both worlds, both worlds there, you know, you get all the the fun countries to go to, but there's also Disney characters and, and attractions mm-hmm. throughout the entire park. So you're not going to miss out on a whole lot of Disney feeling or adult feeling while you're there. Um, just because you had to pick one park, mm-hmm. best of both worlds. Similar reasons for you, Annie.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um so, yeah, and 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 so I'm kinda of, I'm a huge nerd. Like huge. And um when I was younger, before I was of age to drink alcohol in, in the Walt Disney World Resort, um I <laughs> I used to I, I love learning and I love um learning about countries and countries histories. Uh, so for me so this this goes well beyond just, you know, now I just like to go, you know, party in Epcot. But it, it, it goes well beyond that i actually still love going into um into all the pavilions and learning um learning people's cultures that's my favorite thing in the world is to travel all over the world and you know i've been lucky to do so and so uh, th- that's really why i mean from going way back now it's just cool cuz i can like also have a drink and walk around and learn about culture mm-hmm. but like <laughs> but that was my original reason so it has been epcot ever since i was a kid
2: Mm -hmm. So this is how they get tanked in Italy.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Now we know.
2: (laughs) Next history lesson, Mexico.
0: (laughs) So then, you know, I guess this kind of goes with traveling and everything. But if you had to pick a Disney bucket list trip, where would you want to go?
2: Tokyo.
3: Oh, see, I'd say Paris. Hmm.
2: I would say Paris only because it's got like a different styled castle yeah Yeah. um but tokyo because i want to go there anyway and there will just happen to be a disney there also
3: do you know their castle is like wildly bigger than ours like insanely bigger it's the same it looks the same but it's like wildly bigger i just saw a meme on reddit because i just discovered reddit Yes, it's 2019. I just read it, read it and um, <laughs> and I just saw a meme about the, the different castles and I didn't realize how big Tokyo's castle was.
1: It's not, wow. is it that one or Shanghai that it's like a princess oh, Shanghai. agnostic?
3: You are right. Yes. I well, I
2: didn't remember, but the well, because Shanghai looks just like Sleeping Beauties, and then Tokyo's is just like uh Cinderella's and then yeah. Paris. Paris has got its own thing going on. Like if Alice in Wonderland had a castle at that would It's a very
3: castle.
2: In one of our just, well, it hasn't aired yet. It won't
1: air by the time this, but Catherine just recently uh, learned that there's a dragon underneath
2: the Paris castle. So that
1: means- I just saw, saw t- that.
0: Yeah. So now I want to go there. Right. <laughs> I saw it
2: on Instagram and I was like a little bit intimidated. I was scared, <laughs> but like, I want to like, see, it. I want to pet it.
3: Well, you can <laughs> climb to the top of Disneyland Paris. One of uh, my good friends on, on the Insta page, um, she frequents uh, Disneyland Paris and you can go up to the top and like take pictures as opposed to like really any other castle. And it's amazing. I'm so jealous. Wow. So I not know that. I
1: guess the correct answer is just all international Disney parks. Maybe
3: all of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: Well, cool. So next question would be your favorite Disney resort.
3: Oh, that is so difficult.
2: <laughs> Not necessarily stayed in, right? Correct. Then boardwalk.
3: Grand love for it, I, really? Yeah. I love, love. it. I love it so much.
2: Love both of those. They're, at the, they're near the top of our list for sure. I've never seen it. the, the, the uh, most mm, high end one I stayed in is, uh, Caribbean Beach, and I love that one. The Pirates of the Caribbean room specifically was like such an adventure. Um, I just like the central location of Boardwalk and uh, just the EPCOT uh, EPCOT resorts mm-hmm. because they're really central to all the parks. Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
0: So, if you could only fast pass one ride for the rest of your life, which one would it be? Wow. Uh,
2: Flight of passage. I think.
0: Look
3: at you.
2: <laughs> but that's not my favorite ride. Pirates of the Caribbean, I'm willing to stand in any line at any time of the day for because mm-hmm. that ride I will ride at least six times in one day. <laughs> like I just love it. But flight of passage, I can only handle a three and a half hour line, maybe once a trip. Mm-hmm.
3: So I'm gonna say this is this is weird because it's kind of out of my normal realm. Um, is Radiator Springs over at Disneyland. I think that is probably the most fun ride out of all of the Disney rides, right now anyways, until like maybe like the Millennium Falcon ride and um, the other Star Wars ride of the name is escaping me. But right now um, I would I would always have it. That is like such a fun ride. It's like Test Track on steroids.
1: Mm-hmm. Side note, but when we got a Fast Pass for Radiator Springs Racers, and our fast pass, I feel like it barely even.
0: Yeah, it was the, not a real fast pass. The
1: merge point uh, for that queue, the merge point is very early. We thought. Yes.
3: And then once we got right. on
1: there, I think we just got into a a cast member who was not doing a good job of like.
3: <laughs> he was struggling to count.
2: Yeah,
0: he I was, feel like
2: he was really. I struggling. also do that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> One of my really good friends is a Disneyland annual pass order, so um, <laughs> she and I go to Disneyland every once in a while. We're actually going again in February. And, um, she is a single, uh, single rider, uh, line connoisseur. And so that's like all we did. And I would recommend if it's just the two of you, um, unless, unless you guys like really want to sit together. And, and I've started doing this with my husband too. Now when we go, we just do the single rider line and we get on, I know like with Radiator Springs, when I went with her a couple weeks ago, um, we got on super fast. So I would highly recommend doing the single rider. But I would, mm-hmm. I would take a fast pass for that anytime because I think it's just a great ride.
1: Yeah. Those are both good answers. And I think it's interesting because it's never uh, like Brady, what you said, it doesn't necessarily have to be your favorite ride. It's, there's a lot of strategy that goes into answering <laughs> that question. Yeah. as
3: well. Yeah, for sure.
1: So next one, um, sticking with rides and attractions, which rider attraction do you think is due for an exit from the park, due for refurbishment or just need some TLC?
2: Ooh,
3: I got my answer. Mm. I'm ready to go. her Magic, go. her go Magic. <gasps>
2: no. Do oh my god, my yeah. husband would literally die. It just
3: <laughs> updated. That's all I'm asking. It just needs updated. I love it. I think it's a great attraction. It just needs updated. I said my piece. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> um.
2: Let's see. I still don't know. Gosh, that's a good one. I think. I don't know. I really don't know. They all, I just love them all so much. Maybe a different way of asking that.
1: I don't know how to say it. <laughs> Is there a ride that if it gets
2: over 20 minutes, you won't wait for it? Oh, Ooh. <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh, well, that's I,
2: I wouldn't wait. more. Th- oh, I'm, I hate to say it, but I would not wait more than 20 minutes for either. Th- these are new ones too. Either the, uh, The uh, swirling saucer ride for the aliens, alien swirling saucers, or the Navi River ride. I would not wait more than 20 minutes for those rides. I like, yeah, I can agree with those. Yeah. That's why, like, a lot of the times people will ask me, like, hey, should I get a fast pass for Flight of Passage or for the Navi River ride? And I always tell them, get one for the Navi River ride, because if you waited... Three hours for flight of passage. At least the whole ride, the whole line is really beautiful and interesting, and then the ride is worth it. Whereas Navi River is like, okay, well, that was that. <laughs> <laughs> that animatronic was sick.
1: That's a good yeah. point. Truth time. I've never even rode Navi.
0: Yeah, because guess he's the, not willing to wait in the line. I'm
1: not it's willing like, to wait Yay. in the line. I watched it on YouTube and was like, all right. I feel like I experienced it as much as I need to. <laughs>
2: Really, it like the only thing that I would say you you really have to see in person is the animatronic at the end. Every time I've been on it a lot, my husband and I were lucky enough to go to the uh, the soft opening mm-hmm. um, a couple of maze ago, and it just—I swear to God—I I still sometimes think it's a person inside of a costume. <laughs> like it just moves so fluidly that the thought of it being an animatronic is kind of Skynet scary. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think I'll eventually want to do it, but I am in no hurry. I can wait years before I do oh, it until yeah. the line dies Star style. Wars land mm-hmm.
2: opens up, I think it'll be okay. Mm-hmm.
0: So then next question, what is your favorite snack or your go-to snack?
2: Dole Whip. floats Whip Float specifically. Floats. Interesting. Mm-hmm. If I can smuggle in some tahine.
3: oh my Lord, you and your tahine <laughs> no, I, mean I tried so hard, tajin. guys. I tried so hard to like the tahine. It's sitting in my kitchen. Do you guys? Do you guys know what tahine is? We
1: had it in Disneyland.
3: Yes, and I
0: actually saw it for the first time at the grocery store yesterday. Really? Yeah.
2: Yep.
3: I had to order it because I live you in. They have all the
2: prepackaged fruits.
3: Literally <laughs> in like the Midwest over here, and so like of course we do not know about tahine. and so. I had to order it on Amazon, and I tried really hard, although I am going to try it with the fruit. I do still want to try it with the fruit, but mm-hmm. I'm trying do, I'm So trying do it. they
1: not have little packets for you in Disney World? We've always wondered that. They
2: they
3: do
1: don't not.
2: because I, I, I saw it on Instagram, and I didn't realize that this person was at Disneyland. And so when I went for my next trip, I was fully prepared. I went up to the register and sounded so smart when I asked <laughs> for my packet of taheem and they're like we don't have that. Ugh. Please leave my line. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I felt the same way in Disneyland and I knew
1: they had it, but I was just so shy. I was like, like
0: scared to ask for I was it. was
1: like cuz I don't know how to pronounce it. It's like I don't have any
2: You got that tagine?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my my Tennessee accent's going to come out. This is not going to be good. So. But yes, we got it. We enjoyed it.
3: Mm-hmm. I don't
1: know if I would get it every time, but it's a nice little change up.
3: Yeah. yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. So, Annie, did we hear your snack?
3: No. Oh, my favorite snack is a Mickey pretzel all day, all day.
1: Mm. Cheese filled or just regular?
3: Just regular. Um,
1: regular,
2: regular, regular.
1: Yeah, I go,
3: I go, I go uh, for the OG method, and I go for the regular pretzel with if they have cheese dip. Yes, I'm here for that. i never. I'm. I, I like having control over the level of cheese <laughs> that I'm getting. <laughs> Um, so that's, that's kind of why I, I, I choose that, but, and I'm not a dessert. I, I don't like sweet. I'm not a big sweet person. So it's, uh, pretzel all the way.
1: Gotcha. So next one, sticking with food, your favorite table service restaurant and favorite quick service restaurant.
3: Oh, child. Um, mm. so I, I like to say that my favorite table service restaurant is California Grill, Although my husband will argue and say, no, it's not. Your favorite table service is Victorian Alberts. But I feel like saying Victorian Alberts is very bougie and um, elitist. So I'm going to say California Grill.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't think Victoria Alberts really counts for this category, to be honest.
2: <laughs> it's a, it's like a whole other level.
1: It's a whole
3: other level of dining, yeah. yeah. But my favorite quick service is um, Columbia Harbor House in the Magic Kingdom
2: yes correct answer yeah correct answer. oh no now i'm nervous because i have a wrong answer <laughs> my favorite my favorite uh table service is Narcusis. yes i love Narcooses. um that one they, their steak like 60 dollar steak but it was I, I would have eaten the plate like the whole thing was just so good um, That's my husband's favorite steak in all is
3: Narcoosie's. Yeah, mm.
2: it's so good. My favorite um, quick service is a tie between Katsura Grill in Japan Epcot or uh, Pico Bill's Tall Tail Inn. Gotcha. We will save
1: our <laughs> thoughts for Katsura Grill. <laughs> Grill on For your later, episode, yeah. <laughs> foreshadowing.
3: Oh, that's right! Oh, that's right! You guys are going to talk about our favorite Epcot Yeah. <laughs>
1: so, yeah, gotta go check out the episode on yes. Never Growing Up podcast to hear our thoughts on that.
3: <laughs>
0: what
2: a cliffhanger! Okay. <laughs> um.
0: Okay, so what is your favorite character meet and greet moment?
2: um my favorite was actually just recently i went on a week-long trip by myself um and my mom always sends me the cutest shirts that are all disney themed and i was wearing one that said uh it's called the hustle sweetheart and it had judy hops leaning on nick wilde and it was really cute from zootopia if you guys don't know but uh so they're in that jump it move it shake it groove it bake it whatever uh parade <laughs> and like they walk They walked down, or they they stopped at the right in front of the castle, and I walked past, and I was waving at them, and they like grabbed me in and gave me a hug, and then like let me take a selfie with them, and it was just a lot of fun because that's like my number one favorite movie I've ever seen of Disney. I don't know what it is about it; it's the colors and the the story, and just the try everything, do everything, be everything attitude about it. That I just, I just love it. Mm -hmm. I saw it 11 times in theaters.
3: <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, so much. <laughs> I think for, so I don't generally go out to do meet and greets with characters. And the reason for that is because I don't know if this is like some weird guilt complex I have, but I feel guilty taking away a lines, like being in front of like a child to, and this is, this is my own personal weird complex I have. I don't know if I'm Italian and Catholic and this is the reason why, but so, I feel really guilty like taking away a spot in line from a child to, to do a meet and greet. So, um, only, the only time I ever do like real meet and greets are, you know, if my fr- like one of my friends drags me to do it. Um, but I have taken my niece um, and I have a couple of nieces and nephews and I have taken my niece to go meet Anna and Elsa, which is probably my most recent meet and greet because I don't really do them very often. And it is, especially for someone who doesn't have children so they don't really like kind of see this all the time and my niece is obviously so into Frozen she's into Belle and she's into Frozen and um just to see like her face just the like just just to watch like her reaction and how the characters interact with her and at at the time I think she was only two she's she's three now but um, so she was like not entirely sure, but then she realized who it was, and it was a whole. Thing. It, it was just the sweetest thing in the world, and to be able to like you think about yourself because like I have pictures, my mom, oh, my mom, and my parents have pictures of of me meeting the characters, and what an amazing feeling with your child or even with your niece or nephew who's basically like your child um, to watch that to for them to accept that magic and, and to just kind of like. The, for the whole process to start with them and, and maybe they'll end up crazy like you. But it, it's it's such a great experience. So that's probably my most favorite meet and greet as of late. It's been a while since I've just done one of on my own.
1: Yeah, that's awesome.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Love that. I, it kind of goes along. One of my favorite things about doing character meet and greets is seeing all the kids around us yeah. meet their characters like in real yeah. life. So it's it kind of on a similar, similar note. So... Um, Brady, you already spoiled the rest of the Fast Pass round. I don't know if you realize that, but you already <laughs> oh, answered man. our next question. Um, favorite Disney movie. Oh, so
2: I get so
3: passionate.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So I guess, Annie, what is your favorite Disney movie?
3: <laughs> <laughs> I have such a hard time with this. I I've always said it was, um, Beauty and the Beast. I've always said that like the animated version. Cause Belle, I've always I've always felt akin to Belle because I'm a, I'm a huge book nerd and and so I've always nerd. felt like her. But like lately, like I've been super into um, Brave as I've gotten older. I don't know. I'm I'm really into the uh, female characters as of late that Disney has mm-hmm. put together that are are really kind of against going or going against kind of like the norm of what's expected of a young girl. And them going out and making their own way. And 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 so I, for some reason, like, Brave is, like, really speaking to me right now. Um, but, at, like, longevity reasons, it's always been Beauty the Beast.
1: Mm-hmm. Brady, we'll give you an opportunity. Do you have a second favorite? <laughs>
3: there you go. Give him a second one.
2: A second favorite. Um, I would say most recently it's, it's Coco. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a a huge soft spot in my, in my heart for my family. And, uh, when I, when I saw Coco, you know, I just, I, I, I wanted to make my own ofrenda, friend. and like, I it was like, I just, I need pictures of my family. I only have, you know, the ones that are on Facebook and it just, I love my family and it just means a lot to me. And, and again, the colors in Coco are so beautiful that and just the animation and the story. That, yes. But, Zootopia's light year. Let's talk you guys wanna talk about Zootopia? <laughs>
0: what? Well, you might still get to talk about Zootopia for our next question. Um, because what's your favorite Disney song?
2: Ooh. Oh my god. Oh no. Okay. I gotta say, I do like try everything from Zootopia, but like not on oh gosh. Like every time I hear it. It just happens to come on on my, on my you know, playlist on Shuffle when I'm scared. You know, like, I just bought this house. I I just turned in my last rent check today. Um, and I'm scared and I'm nervous. And, like, I'm like, what is my future going to bring up? And then, like, on my way back to my new house, Try Everything comes on. And it just tells you oh to just God. do it. You know, like, you may fail, but just do it. And I'm like, you're
3: right, Zootopia. You get it,
2: Shakira. <laughs> I will.
3: It is speaking to you.
2: But – I know. It was like, hey, Brady, I, I got a message for you. It's like if a, a radio DJ came on, like, this one goes out to that lost <laughs> little boy driving his car <laughs> his way to his new house, trying to drive through his scared tears.
3: Like, <laughs> just do it. Moving is hard. It really is. It's the worst. Uh, mine has always been um, uh, Feed the Birds from Mary Poppins, which yeah. it ha- so happens, and I didn't know this till like recently, was actually Walt Disney's favorite um song. I just thought it was so sweet. And this, this past year I was in or this past um, October I was in London and I was I had never been to, to um uh, Saint Peter's Cathedral or Saint Paul's I'm sorry, St. Paul's Cathedral and it was so cool because that's that's where the, the 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 bird lady sits. And so I started playing the song. Like all these like people are like looking at me like who is this crazy person? I cannot imagine that I'm the only person who's ever done that. So I was I was playing feed the birds and I was like doing this like video montage of St Paul's Cathedral in London, and um, I was I was in some kind of way, but that's my favorite. <laughs> did,
1: you, did you see? I saw it. I think on Instagram. So you might have seen seen a similar thing when they were talking about. I, I saw. Sorry, I lost myself in my own. <laughs> but anyway. Um, apparently I read that whenever they were making Mary Poppins, that Walt would just walk by the Sherman brothers office and he would just say, play it. Yes. And they knew that he was talking about feed the birds.
3: That's exactly right. And I think, um, oh, there was something that went on where, where one of the Sherman brothers played the piano and it was some kind of Disney event. And he told that story, um, of how like Walt would just walk by, just say, play it. And, and it, and it really is, um. Uh, it, it's one of the most beautiful songs um, I, I personally have ever heard, and it, it it just gives me chills every time because it's just like a really simple song, um, and the message is is just so beautiful. And so um, I was I was very excited to have my feed the birds moment this past October <laughs> in London, <laughs> even though everyone looked at me like I was crazy.
2: I will say my favorite songs to sing, though, are Heaven's Light Get it. and Out There from Hunchback and Notre Dame and uh, Go the Distance Oof. from Hercules.
1: I, That's
0: a good one. I,
2: I don't know why, but we were on the same Wayne Lake there. As soon as you said sing, I thought Go the Distance.
3: <laughs> oh, yeah.
2: Go the Distance. That's another one that just always comes on when I'm like, just I have a thought in my head, like, what is my future going to hold? Like, what's going to be what's around the river bend, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it just comes on and it's like this again is for that scared little boy in his car crying on his way to his new house. Go the
1: distance, man. So two more questions, actually three more (laughs) questions. And then then we'll wrap this up. Uh, But this has been so fun so far. So um, favorite Disney quote, either from Walt himself or from any of the movies.
3: Well, mine is um, it's kind of fun to do the impossible. And that's a that's a Disney a Walt Disney quote, and I have it sitting on my desk. And um, I've always kind of looked at that because I've, I've had some, you know, whether it's like health issues or just being like a girl in a mainly boys club type of company um, that I work for now, and um, just kind of being able to, I, I try to remind myself of that when when people make it seem like it's a, it, it would be impossible for me to do something or that it's kind of out of, out of character or not something that you would see like a girl do or something like that. I always just try to kind of remember that. So it's a very important phrase to me.
2: Um, there's so many. And I swear I meant to have this part ready to go because it's, it's basically the, the last line of you guys guessed it Zootopia, where she's congratulating Nick Wilde on becoming, you know, the first Fox in the police Academy and she's just saying, like, whether you're a, a fox, a cow, a goat, a pig, we've had them all in here. Um, and, you know, you can do anything. Just you can do anything you put your mind to. And that's kind of, you know, go back to some of the beginning questions you guys were asking. Like, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this Instagram thing? Because I can and I want to. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I I I feel like I want to put my story out there and I feel like people want to hear it. So, love that. I can't remember the exact quote, but it's a little line, and I love it.
0: Yeah. Um, so then, what is your favorite Disney parks memory? So again, that's kind of a hard one to narrow down.
2: Ooh. Um, I would say my favorite Disney parks memory, minus you know all the times I'm there with my with my husband and our first trip there, even though it was like super crazy and everything that could go on wrong went wrong. Uh, I would say one of my favorite memories is. Uh, I didn't want to ride uh, small world and neither did my niece. And at the time she was only three, but the rest of our family did. And it was like our first family reunion at Disney world. And I think ever really, and so me and her were just outside waiting for everybody to ride the ride. And, like, she just kept smushing her face against, like, the mesh of her stroller. And then she would just, like, start cracking up laughing so hard. And then she would smush her face against the stroller. and Then, like, we'd play peekaboo or whatever. And I think that one's going to stick with me for a really long time. Mm-hmm.
1: That's great.
3: My turn. Um, <laughs> so this is, like, a really bizarre thing. But I guess when you've been with someone for – so we've been married for – Nine years, but we've been together for 17 years. And we just uh, realized that we met each other 20 years ago, like last week, which was weird. But um, when I took, so my husband didn't go to Disney growing up for who knows what reason. But um, I took him before we were married. I want to say it was maybe like 11 or 12 years ago. And My husband does this thing where when he's really, like, impressed by something or really just, like, taking in what's around him, he does these, like, cocks to his head that he's, like, looking around. And I noticed him doing that when we were on the bus. And this is when I took the bus. I don't take the bus anymore. On on the Disney transportation. And I'll tell you why in the podcast. (laughs) I can't stand it. But um, he was just, like, I could tell, like, something. in Like, he was really getting it. And I said, like, what's going on? He's, like. I just can't believe this place. I just can't, I just can't believe this place. And like, that was kind of the moment where, and we were not married or engaged at the time we were just dating. And so I was just like, wow, I really feel like someone is um, experiencing this the same way I do. And, and, you know, (laughs) thankfully at the time, my boyfriend and future husband, but um, it's so amazing to go with someone who's not uh, who wasn't familiar with it. And especially going for the first time as an adult, like you really don't know like how that's going to go. Um, and just to see like the, the look of wonder on his face. I mean, he was, he was in his twenties at the time, but it, it was probably, it's my most favorite. It's my most favorite Disney memory.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. It, it's so many people that we've asked have shared kind of similar things to that of the moment that you see a loved one or someone that you're traveling with see it kind of click for them that they get it. They kind of get that golden orb of memory, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So those are great. So our last question is something that we love to ask all of our guests. And it's, if you have a piece of parting guidance to someone who's looking to become a Disney content creator, or maybe open up an Etsy shop and start putting their products out there, but they're not quite sure of the right way to get started, what would be your piece of advice to that person?
2: Oh, do it, research it, and do it. Like honestly, before I like completely swapped over my Instagram and opened up my YouTube channel, uh, I I read what you know what kind of to do. And there's no like you said earlier, there's no cookie cutter uh, way to to start your to start your journey. But you're never gonna start if you don't just do it. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of, you know, the first step, you, you just got to kind of swallow any fear that you got, you know, not everybody's going to like you, but Hey, they can just swipe on, you know? Um, so just do it.
1: Yeah.
3: I, I, I think research and what Brady just said, is the most important thing. Um, I mean, if, but at the end of the day, if you just want to like make an account and just put up your Disney pictures, do it, who cares? It's your, like you can do whatever you want, but, um, if you're really trying to to grow and and really trying to kind of like make a name for yourself, and and I'm by no way saying like I am like this like world's most like foremost expert on this. But I think if you really research and find the niche, 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 whatever that they that you belong into, because I think what's happening in the Disney community is that we're starting to saturate. Um, and I see comments sometimes like where it's like just another Disney account and it's like think about really think about what makes you different what makes you different from all the different um Disney accounts that are out there like if you're wanting to design ears cool god bless you but like also think that there are like a million other ears designers out there and what's going to make you different like really kind of hone in on that and make that part of your brand. And that's what's going to help you stand out. Because I I, personally, I do think that the the Disney, if if you're trying to like kind of, and I say this very loosely, make it as a Disney account, because there are some really big Disney accounts out there, uh, Disney content creators, you have to make yourself different. Whether that's like a particular niche audience or whether it's just, you know, authentic engagement whether it's, you know, you have connections within the Disney company, who knows, whatever it is, take that and run with it because you that's the only way that you're going to make yourself stand out.
1: Yeah, I love that. And I, the the big theme that I think that I really connect with there is embrace the things that make you unique, embrace the things yeah. that, that make you different because those are the things that people are going to gravitate towards. So I love both of those answers. I think you have to put on "Go the Distance" by Hercules, <laughs> yes, and, <laughs> and <laughs> embrace it. your differences yeah. and do it. So I, I love those answers. So it's um, yeah. I that's the end of our questions. So I thank you, Brady and Annie, so much for taking the time to chat with us, sharing some of your Disney stories, sharing the um, experiences that led you up to uh, starting. The podcast and, and everything that you've been doing so far. So, is there anything else that you guys would want to share with our listeners before we head off?
2: Um, I I think yeah, I just want thank you for the opportunity uh, to to join you guys and to put us in front of your listeners. And I really hope that if anything I said between you know Zootopia and Go the <laughs> Distance, like if I inspired anybody to you know just that final push they need to just try everything. Like I hope, I hope, you know, this was for them and they heard it. I
3: I mean, I, I echo that and I, I thank you guys for, for having us on your show. Um, I really love what you're doing out there. Uh, I think being able to shine a light on, on how people are, you know, enhancing each other's lives with Disney and, and kind of what we're doing to, to, bring bring that to bring that to a larger audience. and 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 it really shows how this community really wants to help each other out um and 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 make this possibility for for everyone. So we just appreciate we appreciate you having us on your show. We appreciate what you're doing, and we're so excited.
1: yeah, awesome. Well, thank you so much to our listeners. If you're not already, I highly encourage you go connect with Annie and Brady. You can find Annie on Instagram at WDW Collective, Brady at Brady Cam, follow the podcast at Never Growing Up Podcast, and then find the podcast and listen to it on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. I know we've loved following along, and I know you will too. So, guys, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you.
0: And, side note, go listen to us on their podcast. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) yeah. This is just part one of two. You guys thought you were done. (laughs) Come
2: on
1: over.
0: Surprise.
1: Okay. Roll the outro. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening to Detour to Neverland. Subscribe to the show and leave a review to help more people find us. Follow us on Instagram at detourtoneverland underscore podcast to see our pictures from the parks. See you real soon.